Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. I don't know about you, but I'm really glad to have Jonna Gray with us today. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Her and Jonna Jr., because her and Brian are expecting. So, congratulations. How far along are you, Jonna? 15 weeks. All right. Come on, summer. Uh, we had to, uh, had to have her with us today. Um, Br- Jeremiah and Maddie are on vacation. So uh, I think they're down in Destin, Florida today, suffering on a beach somewhere for Jesus. And um, so we bless them today. Uh, but didn't Steve do a great job? Steve's one of our prestigious board members, always yeah. blessed by his ministry and uh, blessed by your ministry. Thank you for being here. And I want to, where is Lynn? There he is right there. Lynn, come up and share your testimony with the church this morning. You'll be blessed by this. Good morning. Good morning. Um, most of you know that four years ago I had a heart attack. And when I was growing up, I studied martial arts, and the instructor taught us that sacrificing the small things would preserve your life. In other words, he said, give up an arm to save your life. Give up a leg to save your life. That's man's thinking. Satan doesn't think that way. He attacks you where you're the strongest. He attacked me with my heart attack on my faith in being healed. Four years ago, I had this heart attack, and I stood my ground saying, I am healed, to the point that I didn't even take my medication after eight months. For four years, I have been perfect in everything. Thursday night, Satan attacked me in my faith. I had my second heart attack. Went into the hospital. They went in, did surgery. surgery. They looked at the original stent. It's completely blocked. But because I stood on the faith that God had healed me, miraculously, it had bypassed. It had created its own route for that part of the heart. Satan couldn't touch that. He attacked a new area. So I have another stent in my heart. The first heart attack, they released me in four days. The Lord says, okay, Satan's attacked you. He's he's cracked your shield of faith. I'm going to heal you now in two days. I was out of the hospital. One of the things that bothered me going into the hospital was, here we go, we're going to have another financial burden on our family, which we don't need. Every time a nurse comes in, I just saw dollar signs ringing up. (laughs) On my way from surgery to my hospital room, one of the nurses came to my wife and said, don't worry about the hospital bill. It's taken care of. So I fought with the Lord all night going, I need rest. He goes, no, you need this word. Stand strong where you're the strongest. No matter how hard you're attacked, you may get cracks, but he's there to mend them. Yes, sir. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> and it helps to be 
tough as nails too. So <laughs> guy had a heart attack two days ago. He's in church testifying to the goodness of God. Amen. Praise God. I love that. Thank you, Brother Lynn. I appreciate you. You're an inspiration. All right. Today I want to title this message, Promotion by Demotion. I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5. <clears throat> and so while you're turning there, there was a surgeon who was just finishing up an operation on a patient. And as he's finishing up, the patient woke up and demanded to know what was going on. The doctor said, well, I'm just closing up your incision here. He said, uh, no, you're not. I'll uh, stitch my own incision. Close myself. And a doctor kind of surprised by him and handed him the needle and said, fine, suit yourself. Oh, okay. So, uh, I, thought this, I thought this was pretty good. Some, some of Mur Murphy's Laws for Parents. The tennis shoes you must replace today will go on sale next week. Leak-proof thermoses will. <laughs> The chance of a piece of bread falling with the grape jelly side down is directly proportional to the cost of the carpet. The garbage truck will be two doors past your house when the argument over whose day it is to take the trash out ends. <laughs> Sick children recover miraculously when the pediatrician enters the room. The shirt your child must wear today will be the only one that needs to be washed or repaired. Refrigerated items used daily will gravitate toward the back of the refrigerator. <laughs> and, ladies, your chances of being seen by someone you know dramatically increase if you drive your child to school in your ro robe and curlers. <laughs> all right. Let's stop all that nonsense. It's a good definition for humility that I read is a freedom. This it. Humility is a freedom from arrogance that grows out of the recognition that all we have and all we are comes from God. First Peter chapter 5, 5 starts like this. Likewise, <clears throat> you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Can I get a good amen on that one, young people? All right. Yes, all of you, be submissive. Our youngest in the crowd, Charlie, obviously, is going to say amen to that. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. The Amplified Version says, Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and the spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe, apron yourselves, all of you, with humility as the garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you. Did you catch that? That you clothe yourself with humility so tight that it cannot possibly be stripped away. If, if Christianity had a wardrobe, humility, we could call it the skinny jeans of your Christian walk. All right? Get those things on and leave them on tight. Put humility on like it's never coming off. Always be willing. Always be ready 
to serve someone. No matter your station in life, no matter your own personal experiences, no matter your successes, continual service to God and others will always be your greatest accomplishment and bring you your greatest reward. The great Booker T. Washington uh, was an American educator and author and orator and advisor to many presidents of the United States. Between 1890 and 1915, Washington was the dominant leader in the African-American community. He's a great man. He served as uh, uh, president of the uh, uh, Tuskegee Institute. Uh, Once while walking down a street one day near that school, a woman, a white woman, approached him not knowing who he was and asked him if he would like to earn a few dollars by chopping some wood. Smiling graciously, Mr. Washington chopped the wood as directed, carried it into her house and carefully stacked it near the fireplace. When her daughter recognized who had been chopping and stacking the wood, she immediately ran to her mother and told her who this was. Her mother shocked. And so she runs in there and says, Mr. Washington, please forgive me. I mean, she just apologized profusely to him. Wherewith he said, it's all right, madam. It's a delight to help a friend. And it wasn't long after that that this, this woman donated thousands and thousands of dollars to the school, rightfully so. Jesus said, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. That is, promotion's going to come by demotion. Humility is the key to your success. See, see it like this, that no one, no one, is beyond your scope of offering humble service. Clothe yourself in humility. Always be ready to lend a hand. It's inconvenient. It's time-consuming. It can be costly. It's not always easy, but it always reaps rewards for your life. Amen. I get a kick out of being a guy And watching other guys who get around one another and the competition starts in one way or another. Especially in the realm of competition like sports, you see some guys get hotheads. One of the first things that happens when the fight is about to ensue is they begin to shed their clothes. Usually their shirt, take that shirt off, you know, want to flex or whatever. I don't know why they do it except that seems to be the first thing they want to do. Take that shirt off. Get ready for a fight. Or if you see a football game, a guy will rip his helmet off. These are little pictures of casting off your humility. Uh, Heather and I were at a... You ever been over to... Um, hmm? Gaylord Texan during their ice sculpture days? You know, during the, the Christmas season? They always do these real nice ice sculptures of... Uh, Fantasy, it's like a fantasy land. Disney characters and Santa Claus, and I think they even had the nativity set there. It's really cool, but when, it's really cold. When you go there, you have to put on these long coats. Anybody ever been there during that? For that long coats, and, and it's even cold with the coats. But, you know, it's cold for good reason because they have ice everywhere. So we had gone with my, my in-laws when our kids were pretty small at this time. And so we were walking around looking at all this ice and you know, taking it all in. The kids were just in hog heaven looking around, just kids' dreamland. When all of a sudden, all of this peace and joy and fun was interrupted 
by these screams, and I'm looking in front of us, and these kids are screaming, Daddy, Daddy, on both sides, and there are these two men that are, I mean, fighting as we're all going in this line. So it takes me a second to realize, is this really happening? Is this, what is going on here? So what, what happened, some, when it started, one of the guys decided he was going to do the macho thing and shed that coat to show I'm ready for action. Well, he got caught up in that coat because it's so long. So the other guy just took advantage of it, just started beating the mess out of this guy while he's covered up in his coat. So I was able to finally get in between them and, you know, break them up. And I was finally, what is going on here, guys? What's happening? Well, with one of them said, oh, even to this day, it irks me. We were walking along and his he pushed his stroller into the back of my heels. Oh, poor baby. That'd make any man want to fight. Could at least take it out to the parking lot. I mean, look at these kids screaming and crying everywhere. To Gotta take that clothing of humility and keep it on. Because you're going to get tired. You're going to have opportunity to get angry. You're going to have opportunity to get frustrated and to begin to justify why you feel the way you do and cast that off and go into preservation mode. But God has a higher standard for you. I want you to turn to somebody and say this with me. You don't need to save face. You need God's grace. Say it again. You don't need to save face. You need God's grace. Listen to this. Philippians 2 says, let, the, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. All right? So you have the possibility to do this. This is on you is what it's saying. You need to allow this in your life. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. I like this word bondservant. It, it means one who gives himself up to another's will, devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. Yeah, there's usually not a lot of amens in that kind of preaching, but and coming, <laughs> let's go back to, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Wow. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Thank you, Lord. So this says, let this mind be, let Jesus be your example. He became a servant of all. He became obedient even to death. Death was in submission to him until he decided that he was going to succumb to death so that you could be free from your sin. Yeah. You. Amen. Verse 5 of 1 Peter 5, the second part, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. See, if you cast off humility, what you really start to do is pick a fight with God. <laughs> You're not going to win that fight. You're not going to win that fight. It says he resists the proud. So what that's really saying is your pride is going to get you what you deserve. I don't know about you. I don't want that. I don't want what I deserve. I need grace. But in order to have grace, you're going to have to humble yourself. 
Hmm? He gives grace to those that are humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under, verse 6, under the mighty hand of God. What kind of images does that evoke for you when you hear those words, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? If you're anything like me, you might see yourself a little bit like this. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm not worthy, Lord. Hmm? You kind of see this almighty, powerful hand hovering over on top. Please don't kill me. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. To me, that evokes kind of scary pictures. If I'm just thinking along my terms, my reasoning. Oh, that's not, but that's not the end of it. That he may exalt you in due time. In other words, he's saying put yourself in a position for promotion. By coming to the end of yourself, the end of your own reasoning, your own thinking, and fully relying on him. Fully relying on his hand. That is, what is in his hand is provision, is help, is wisdom, is strength, is life for you. And humility is seeing it as God sees it. Saying it as God says it. it, And doing it as God does it. Okay? So the false humility or our own thinking of humility would be crouching and trying to survive the event. That's not it at all. All right? If you're going to humble yourself under God's opinion, that means to do what he says. And so what he says, when you come approach me, do you come crouching? No, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. He didn't say to come groveling, to come begging. He said to come boldly. That is humility, my family. That's what humility to God looks like. Cast, uh, and he will exalt you in due season. You know, there's a due season. There is a due season for you who choose to believe God. Don't buy the lie that you are all that you need. Understand that there is a much higher power who's on your side. And bring yourself out from under your, own, your own opinion and place yourself under the opinion of the Almighty. Abraham had to learn this lesson, and it was a hard lesson. You could see, since his frustration in the book of Genesis chapter 15, as God has been speaking to him for a number of years now, telling him what he's going to do for him, that he's going to inherit a land that is going to go, it's going to be an everlasting covenant. It's going to be to his children, his children's children, and so on and so on. And in Abraham, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Finally, Abraham hears this again from God. Genesis chapter 15 opens up and says, And the word of the Lord appeared to Abraham in a vision. And God said, Fear not, Abraham, for I am your exceeding great reward. And, and he starts telling him all these things. And finally, Abraham, you could just sense he's had enough. He says, What are you going to give me seeing I go childless? You keep talking about all of these children. I don't have one. Here I am standing in my tent. There's my wife, Sarah, knitting in the lazy boy. Not getting any younger. I'm not getting any younger. You understand, God, that many more years have gone by since you first started talking to us about this promise. I was 75 back then. I'm 89 now. Can you help make sense of this? Because what you're saying to me is way beyond me. It's way beyond where I'm living right now. I feel like you are speaking so far away from me. When this is my reality... Maybe you felt like that. Maybe you've experienced 
being caught up in your own limitations that you can't see the promise for what it is. That you've just learned to accept things as they are and only see the contrast of where you are to where God says you can be. And stare at the great chasm between you and the reality of his promise in your word, in his word. So God said, Abraham, you need to see something. Come here. Get out of your tent. And it was evening time and Abraham walked outside of his tent. And God said, now look up at the stars. Okay. So will your descendants be. You need to see something. Look at this. This is what I'm seeing. When I see these stars, I see your children. I need you to see your kids here. I know, I know where you are right now, but this is where you're going. And it was at that moment, it was like the lights came on. Once Abraham could get his physical eyes on something, and God helped him connect the dots there. No pun intended. He, he, sees, he says, and he believed God, and God had accounted it to him for righteousness. Right then and there, Abraham was made righteous because finally he humbled himself under the Almighty's opinion. Okay, God. And God said, oh, by the way, since it's not night all the time and you can't always see the stars, I want you to look at that sand all around you when you walk throughout the day. That is also a picture of your children. See, you don't see any children. I see countless children. See it as I'm seeing it. And so Abraham believed him. And he went about and he began to confess the word of God for his life. And we know the rest of the story. But it had to come to the place. Just as Abraham, you need to come to the place where you fully surrender to your heavenly father's way. You fully surrender to his will. No matter what you're experiencing in that moment, that you'll just stand in the face of that adversity. Stand in the face of that lack. Stand in the face of that broken relationship, of that sickness, and say, no, today I humble myself under my God and his word. Today I believe his promise above what I'm experiencing even now. I refuse to hold my own experiences higher than his word. I will only accept his word. Can I get a good amen today? And believe his word and hold to it. Hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Allow yourself to step out there and dream and visualize so big that it can only come to pass with God's help. Now you're in that realm of faith where it's beyond you. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Not in your own sight, in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. Verse 6, that he may exalt you in due time. Praise God. He will exalt you in due time. God doesn't want you to live a life of humiliation just to stay humili humiliated. No, he wants you to fully surrender to him so that he can take you where he wants to take you. He says, hey, my thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. And he is a God of more than enough. Amen. Exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And uh, some of you here need to, be, you need to be cured of the disease of smallness. <laughs> Amen. And believe for greater. Believe for bigger. Let God in on more of your life and let him show you what he can do, what he, who he is. And he'll exalt you because he'll take you higher than you could ever go, ever yeah. go by your own. Amen. 
He'll raise you up. He'll promote you. Listen to this. The word for exalt is the word hypsuo. It's a really cool word, hypsuo, and it means to raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. That's the first definition of it, to raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. God will raise you up to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. The second definition is to exalt, to raise to dignity, honor, and happiness. I don't know about you, but I'd like some of that going on in my life. Huh? That's going to happen when you have fully surrendered to his truth. Humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God to let him show his power in you and through you and for you. Now, this is all one motion. This is all one motion. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you and do time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Mm-hmm. There's the rub. Casting the whole of your care, the Amplified says, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Say that with me, once and for all. Once and for all on him. Now, that's, that's key to this. That's key to this. It's one thing to give something to God, but it's another thing to leave it with him. <laughs> huh? Come here, you're going to be God today, beautiful. You may ask me one time, what does the Holy Spirit sound like? <clears throat> Sounds a lot like my wife. Um, so when it, when it says to, to cast your cares upon him, I've been guilty of this, my issue. This is going to be my care. This is going to be my issue. I'm going to take it before the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm going to give this to you, and I thank you that you're going to take care of this for me. I want you to take this from me. And please, God, I'm begging you to intervene in my situation. I've given this to you. Why won't you do something about my situation? Why aren't things changing? Could you please just take this from me? Lord, I give it to you. Now, Lord, I take it back because I need to worry a little bit more about this because it's been two days. Hmm? This says... cast. So it's even better than this. Well, I'm not going to cast it on her, but it is getting it away. What it's saying is get it away from you. Get it so far away from you that you can't retrieve it, Hmm? that you can't go back after it to get it again, that you truly give it to him. Thank you, sweetheart. Huh? Come on, some of you just need to make a throwing motion right now. You've got, you've got some care. You've got some issue. Just, just throw it over on him. Just throw it over on him. Say, Lord, that's yours. That's yours for good. That's yours once and for all. I'm not going to keep talking about this thing once I've given it to you. Come on. You're going to be tempted to bring it up again after the issue has been settled, supposedly settled, between you and him. By his stripes, I'm healed. That doesn't mean you go back, well, I wish the Lord would go ahead and heal me. Stop that. You don't, how can you expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're that double-minded? When you're wavering in doubt. Huh? Let your confession be one thing and keep it on there. Hold fast that confession. No matter what you're seeing, God is faithful to his promise. He's faithful to his word. Why does he want you to give you his cares? So he can mock you or so that he can take care of them? My grandmother years ago, when, before she came to know the Lord, she was a worry wart. And she always said, if nobody, if, I mean, if I don't worry, who will? She felt like it, it's, she really cared about it, so she had to worry about it all the time. Hmm? 
God didn't call you to live a careful life. Amen. He's the one that's full of care. He wants you to be carefree. Yeah. Fully trusting him. Believing that he loves you more than you love yourself. He really does. And he's got so much more supply for you than you could bring up by yourself anyway. So really give it to him. Cast your care upon him for he cares for you. Give it, give it over and give it over for good. Can you do me a favor to slip your hands where you are this morning? Hold them up as high as you can where you're sitting. All right. Now let's go higher with them. Now wait a second. I just said hold them up as high as you can. You held them up and then I said hold them higher and then you went higher. What's the problem? There was more to give, wasn't there? You got more to give. When you get, there's more to give him. There's more to cast upon him. Don't give him 80% of it. You give him the whole thing. You give him the whole thing. Give him your all. Give it all. He wants total surrender. He wants your whole heart. He wants the whole issue. Amen? He's on your side. He's there to fight for you. Don't fight him. Don't resist him. Don't become prideful in your own way. Fully humble yourself. Fully demote yourself. Be happy to demote yourself so he can promote you. Amen? Some of you are still facing some of the same issues because you're holding on to things right now that at one time you did give to him, but somewhere along the way you got discouraged. Hmm? Lost, you lost the wind in yourselves. But he's merciful. He'll take it back. Just give it to him and say, this time it's for good. I'm going to say what you say. I'm going to believe you to the fullest. Amen. And then get some sleep. He's going to be up all night anyway. Some wonderful promises to those who humble themselves. Psalm says it like this, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. Scripture says if we know he hears us, we know what we have what we ask for. So one of the promises you get by humbling yourself before the Lord is answered prayer. Amen. How about, <clears throat> how many of you need some guidance today? That comes from being humble before the Lord. The humble he guides in justice and the humble he teaches his way. There's an abundance of peace for those who will humble themselves before the Lord, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Yeah. Grace, but God gives grace to the humble. Yeah. Joy, the humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. So many wonderful things that God has in store for you if you'll simply Humble yourself. And what I mean by that is, you can say it just like this, have faith in God. That's what it means to be humble, to have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Believe him. Believe his promise. Lord, thank you for your help today. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that we find from the scriptures. Lord, help us not to lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge you, and you will direct our paths. Your word says you are a very present help in time of trouble. You said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just release what you need to release today to the Lord. Humble yourself before your God.
Let him show you his power and his strength in your life. Let him help you. He loves you so much. He's on your side today. Don't fight him for one more second. Don't resist him one more second. Amen. Just release. Just release whatever you need to to him. Just say this, Father, I surrender to you. I give you these cares. I don't want them. I can't carry them. I wasn't made to carry them. Surely you have borne my sickness and disease and calamity and carried my pain. You have done that. By your stripes, I'm healed. You became poor so that I could become rich. You became a curse so that I could be blessed. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, I humble myself before you today under your mighty hand, and I give these things to you. Lord, thank you that I can walk in freedom today, knowing that, God, you are on my side. And you, every good thing in my life comes from you. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, which means you're good and you're always going to be good. That'll never change about our God. And today we thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Lord, for touching bodies today. Anybody here that is struggling with any kind of sickness or pain, I just speak the word of God. You sent your word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction in Jesus' name. I just speak to to relationships that have been strained or broken. I just thank you right now for doing a work of healing and restoring now in Jesus' name. Between husbands and wives, children and parents, friends, neighbors, co-workers, Lord, I just thank you right now for bringing grace there and peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for providing for those who need it today. Lord, exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or think, you supply all our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen, 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 amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.